This is Larry O'Dean on Radio 1 Chicago. It's time to get back what we had when we started before it all blew away. Like a bunch of dead leaves falling from the trees that were alive yesterday. It happens like that, the blink of an that little uh, piano ditty at the end there <laughs> and and the drums too of yeah course. just a little, little flavor a little cherry on top well i just uh i went in and i just gently nudged them at that <laughs> point there to let them know awesome well we have larry odine with us on radio in chicago last interview of the night welcome sir 
I guess I'm like the headliner here. Yeah, I'm right. Like that's, the that's what it is. The, the 7:30 slot so, is yeah. the key. Wow. <laughs> I feel I'm honored. now you know all the bands out there listening. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I, I think that's that's a new why thing those people now. are down there screaming in the streets, right? And yeah, yeah right. Oh, oh can, is that the microphone picking that up? Uh, I think you've got them mu- well muffled, but I can oh, yeah. see in the torches. Us. Initially, I was afraid, but Trust now I us. see that they love they love us. <laughs> Awesome. Well, that first song was pretty pretty great. Uh, had a good sound to it. And you've been doing music for a while. Tell me a little bit about this the the solo project you've been doing as Larry O'Dean. Yeah. Uh, well, the uh, on the the twenty fifth, the this is my thirteenth solo album. Congrats! Uh, coming out. That's awesome. Well, it, it's a long story, but uh, there was a series of these archival releases that uh, came out digitally that kind of mm-hmm. doubled the numbers. Um, I spent a lot of time in San Francisco, and I'd recorded a lot of stuff there that just never really got a proper release, and so it bolstered it and kind of doubled it. But um, this particular project called Good Grief started in 2008. Oh, wow. Uh, And uh, it it came about uh, because I'd had kind of a, well, not kind of, it's a tragic um, background story, is I'd Mm. had a couple people, my mother had died, and a couple other close friends of mine died. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, well, thank you. And um, I'm pretty stoical about these things, but um, I had a, a friend of mine from San Francisco who was coming to town, and uh, he, he always wants to record, and he's a great bass player. His name's Ned Doherty. He's all over the album. And uh, it became uh, kind of a therapeutic thing to record yeah. these songs. And uh, normally I don't take that long to, to get an album done. I'm actually more of a person who likes to go in and have a set time, uh-huh. whether it's recording at, at home or recording in a, in, a more, um, uh, in a studio format where you have a limited amount of time to begin with but, um, and, and kind of get it done. But this just took some time because once the songs started to get recorded, I realized that uh, there were other people I wanted to get involved and then mm-hmm. having to work with their schedules uh, because this is truly an international cast of people on, oh, the, wow. on the album. That's so, really neat. Yeah, yeah. How did that work out? Did, are these just people you, you, you've known or how did you meet them if they're all spread out throughout the globe? Well, the, the core of the people on the album were, were uh, people that I had kno- knew pretty well. Mm-hmm. There's Ned on bass and then um, Howie Kantoff plays most of the drums on the album and he used to play in a band called the poster children okay. he then did percussion and it may still but i don't think so with the blue with the blue man group for a oh, number awesome. of years nice. it was a great gig yeah. and i knew him as a songwriter and i knew him from the poster children but i had never recorded with him mm-hmm. and so asked if he would do it and he was available and he's, he's such a good drummer um and then after the and then i played the rhythm guitar stuff and when that all got recorded uh, I think the first major international player was this gentleman named Vim Audek, who lives in the Netherlands. Oh. And before the interview started here, we were talking about the the Alex Chilton show that is yeah, we got a year. poster it's back here still in the up studio. On the wall. So wow, <laughs> that could be what they're angry about in the streets. Down. They want it. That's a vintage one there. Yeah, you. I, I hadn't even noticed that before. And you came in. You're Serendip- like, oh, that's like I five thought, years old. I thought you prepared it for everybody. You just went. Oh, what is he like? What right, is his it's favorite for you. color. Let's make the 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 studio decorated. Well, I, I'll yeah, still pretend that that's what it is. But uh, I first heard of uh, Vim's work through a British songwriter named Citizen Helene, who had recorded a song called the Alex Chilton Song. Mm-hmm. And I don't 
I don't even know if she's officially put out an album because this is going back even further than five years. Okay. And when I heard the song, I think it was on MySpace, so this should this yeah, should date it go. right there. I was blown away by the string arrangements, mm-hmm. and I asked her who it was, and she said it was this guy in the Netherlands, and I contacted him, and he's... Do you know who Van Dyke Parks is? Mm-mm. Uh, he, he worked... Uh, with he's worked with a lot of people and done a lot of solo work as well. But he yeah. worked with Brian Wilson uh, okay. on um, uh, Smile. Wow! And uh, long story short, he's an incredible arranger. So this guy um, Vim Audek uh, wrote these incredible string arrangements that appear on two oh, of the songs. Awesome. I think it's another one we're going to hear. Okay, great! Um, amazing how that ties here. in, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. And once um, he got involved, uh, I just I, I and and it told me I've got to you know really be patient with this, and uh, so I got a few other people involved, uh, playing guitar, playing a friend of mine from the Bay Area who plays piano. All the keyboards on the album are by this guy named Lee Bloom, who's r- traditionally a, a jazz piano cool. player, originally from Cleveland, and I'm from Michigan originally. So mm-hmm. we had we had met at a recording studio back in San Francisco. And actually, the first thing that I ever heard Lee do was lead motorcycle. Because I, <laughs> I was in a band at the time called the Fuss Budgets, and we were doing a song awesome called... Awesome name. Thank you. <laughs> yes. And uh, that, that required the sound of a, of a, a motorcycle or a scooter. Oh, but he had man, a motorcycle. That's and too good. So he said, I've got one. And he, he was living above this studio that we were recording in. I had never met him. And he brought it into the studio, <laughs> and we we recorded that. So That's my awesome. my first uh, recording with with this great piano player, great keyboard player, I should say, because his organ stuff is tr- tremendous oh, too. Neat. Was was this uh, lead whatever Kawasaki? I don't know. You know <laughs> lead Kawasaki. I, I can't remember. Uh, there you go. So uh, so it just this this project has just taken its sweet time, but mm-hmm. I'm so happy because it turned out just. Uh, the way I wanted it to. That's the important thing. Yeah. I think a lot of bands, too, can relate to kind of spending a lot of time on an album, especially if, if you have, like, other jobs going on. Uh, you were telling me before that you teach English yes, as well. Yes. So fitting that in uh, with your other responsibilities and things and trying to make sure you, it's how you want it, I think that's uh, definitely common. But, but I've always been the person that scoffed. You know, yeah. <laughs> at, at the person who was like a perfectionist. So it wasn't uh, so much yeah. perfectionist here as just trying to work with all these schedules and get it done. And once right. I got into this groove where it was just a matter of time, I just, I just, I didn't want to let it get away from me. That was the problem. And that's why finally, when it all did come together, it came together very quickly at the mm-hmm. end. And there's even more drama to it. I don't know how much you want to go into that, but I mean, I like stories. <laughs> well, um, w- one of the other guitar players, uh, well, the the main guitar player on on the album is uh, uh, a guy named George Friend, who I also met in San Francisco. There's a big San Francisco contingent yeah. here, but he now lives in Detroit, and he's also originally okay. from Michigan, and um, he does the majority of the of the guitar work. And you heard him on that last song, and I, I believe. Uh, I, I told him I wanted something that was Bachman Turner overdrivey, and, and that's exactly what he gave me. That's awesome. Yes, uh, but there's another guitar player whose name is Bobby Sutliff, who plays on two tracks on the album, and he's played in a number of bands, including this. I knew him primarily from this southern band called the Windbreakers, and they were okay. like a jangle pop band that were friends with. This is probably unfair in a way, but with REM and kind of early cool. in their career, and yeah. to give you some kind of idea. 
and he is such a great melodic player, great songwriter. So I wanted to get him involved, and he had agreed to do to play on it. And then he had a horrible car accident. Oh, that where he, you know, first of all, he was okay. That's good. But when he came out of it, he didn't know if he'd be able to play again, Ooh. which was, you know horrible for him yeah so i kind of thought okay bobby's out of the picture but lo and behold he started you know getting back into the groove and hmm. and when he re-entered the picture it sort of i i think accelerated the the finalizing of the of the record because i always wanted him to play mm-hmm. and there was a period in there where i was trying to think of some other people and i mean i'm a primitive guitar player and i want some class here so <laughs> Uh, it was well worth the wait for, for awesome. him. And, and his playing, he's very critical of his playing and always has been, right? <laughs> yeah. But his playing is great on, on the songs he's on. And I wish he'd been on more of it, but uh, you know, there you go. I'm just glad he's playing. Yeah, that's a really neat story. Yeah. I'm glad it, it came around. Yeah, I'm, I think he is too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. That would be rough. So the new album is called Good Grief. Yeah. And we're going to, I think, let's get to another song by that. And then we can talk a little bit about Folk You. And sure. you don't have to hit the dump button, Sandra, because <laughs> that was uh, <laughs> F-O-L-K. Anyone listening? Thank you. Um, that's your, your singer-songwriter show, uh, showcase, would you call it? Exactly. Residency? It's a round-robin showcase, yeah. Let's talk about that after uh, another song by Larry O'Dean from uh, your album, Good Grief. By invitation only No exceptions made A secret ceremony A personal crusade The doctor's magic needle The ultimate quick fix The wrinkles disappear just a little prick It's better than chocolate It's better than sex A renewed lease on life Through special effects Cosmetic karma Exclusively unveiled Fountain of you just went up for sale at the Botox party. Leave your Tupperware behind and shoot right between the eyes before you change your mind. the day spa skip a trip to curves look in the mirror working up your nerves crow's feet fly away on botulin on wings Botox party 
Leave your Tupperware behind And shoot right between the eyes Before you change your mind song another one by larry odean from the the new album good grief speaking of strings there you, that, you heard from that, that was the example of what we were talking about earlier yeah vim Audek. yeah it sounds man. great it's very tasteful like a, a little slower song but still a lot like of uh, beautiful stuff going on there really like that one and lee on the piano right. going nuts yeah that's probably the most stripped down song on the album uh, it's not probably it is by virtue of the fact that it was written after the initial songs were written and okay, so yeah. didn't have the I, I could imagine having done a more fleshed out version but I like how it turned out you know it's very it's yeah. more sparse and and it fits the mood of the song awesome so tell me a little bit about uh, your shows that you do at Sylvie's you're, you're the host of an event called Folk You I noticed you said that very concisely. I have to enunciate that. Yes, very good. (laughs) You're very good. Um, Singer-songwriter kind of showcase uh, residency type thing. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, uh, Folk U has been going on since 2001, and uh, that uh, anniversary for that is coming up this December. So oh wow! Works out, yeah, and that's a long time. Yes, it Impressive. is. We've we've been in a, a number of venues. We've been at Sylvie's now for uh, at least a year, I think. And uh, the whole thing is it's based on the idea of doing a, a songwriter round robin, which mm. is where uh, you have. I always I host and I play, and okay. then there's usually three other uh, writers, sometimes only two, and then everybody does two songs, and then it passes to oh, the next yeah. person, and it goes around three times like that one song at the end and it gives people a chance to do pretty much whatever they want they can do new material they can right. pull out older stuff uh, it's very relaxed the only thing is no covers mm-hmm. people have snuck them in a few times <laughs> and i would definitely the temptation is there for me as well because yeah. you play a, a well-chosen cover can really reflect something about your own aesthetic 
So I'm constantly thinking, well, I'm the host, you know, I could, <laughs> I could do this. I have a cover on on Good Grief, uh-huh. uh, but um, for this, I've I've always stuck. Yeah, with it's it. nice to have that, especially if you're like if you're trying to feature songwriters. I think that makes sense. Exactly, and the songwriter. That's yeah, the idea right. that you're actually hearing the person that wrote the song. Mm-hmm. So doing a cover, no matter how awesome it might be, is just kind of that's the only thing that's that's frowned upon Mm -hmm. yeah that's like our rule of uh, only chicago artists on our show there you go (laughs) there's other great music outside of chicago but that's that's the rule you know you will not run out you will not run out seriously yeah it's a very talented city and so that that is on fridays the third friday of every month exactly uh 7 30 is when that begins so it's awesome yeah and what other uh, kind of shows have you been doing or do you have planned to do at, at, as like Larry O'Dean, you know, are you doing anything um, with a band or anything to to play some of these new songs or? I had I had thought to do that. I, I have another band called The Injured Parties. You were looking okay. at the, yep. our first album there. Uh, Good album I handed art. You. I like yes. it. Well, the gentleman who, d- who did the art for that, uh, his name is Lloyd Dangle. He's a cartoonist who does a cartoon oh, awesome. called Trouble Town. Um, hmm. He also designed, and I'm, I'm not going to think of what it, the name of it right now, the artwork. This is how he made his, his fortune. For uh, it's like an anti-cold medicine. You take it at the first sign of a cold. Oh, and, interesting. Yeah, uh, it's they they advertise it as being good for teachers. But I know Lloyd going back to huh. Michigan. Okay, and I'm spacing out on it, but he he got a piece of of this business. That's cool. Um, but uh, the injured parties were working on a new album, uh, and we've been kind of laying low because of that. Mm-hmm. The Alex Chilton show's coming up. Um, myself has been the, I do folk you every month under my name mm-hmm. and I had hoped to do some shows for this album release. It just didn't happen. The, the perfect thing would have been to do it with some of the players that, mm. that are on there, like Howie, if he was available and, or my, my friend George. But the one thing with working with people from all over is yeah. I mean, hard enough trying to deal with people in one town. Right. Yeah. It's a big town too. <laughs> yeah. And, and there's a, a, a guitar player named Brian Stout who plays on a track on mm-hmm. the album too. And he plays with decoy prayer meeting and uh, I can't think of the name of his other band and he's tremendous. So mm-hmm. in my own mind it would have been, Oh, he'd be the go-to guy, but it just didn't work, you know? Yeah. So I, I probably something though next year and probably mm-hmm. ironically enough, something in San Francisco, Cool. ironically in that my solo show would end up being, you know, so many thousand miles away, but yeah. I, a lot of the core players are there and it kind of makes sense. Right. What brought you to Chicago? It sounds like you've kind of been in a few different places. You said you're from Michigan, you're in San Francisco for a while. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I was I was in Michigan, grew up there. I was in San Francisco for eleven years, and uh, so much has happened in San Francisco in the last ten plus years. Mm-hmm. But I left there before that happened, but right on the cusp of it happening. Okay. And people used to say, when I lived there, how can you afford to live in the city? And and actually, I used to kind of laugh because I was able to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and I wasn't working a fancy job or anything, mm-hmm. but. Uh, it's gotten so much worse. So I'd like yeah, to say, man, I yeah. saw the writing on the wall, but in reality, <laughs> it was just for a change of pace. Yeah, that's and cool. I kind of needed to kick myself. Uh, and uh, sometimes I have to do it in in uh, more aggressive ways <laughs> than the more <laughs> subtle. Uh, because if I don't, yeah. then things don't get done. And so sh- I always loved Chicago and made sense to come here, and I have I have not regretted it. Great. Oh, well, we're lucky to have you. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Awesome. 
Um, so yeah, it sounds like you're doing a lot of different stuff, uh, different projects with this songwriting thing and, uh, your other band, the injured parties. Right. Um, yeah, that, that's, that's really great. Um, do you, where do you find, uh, the writing process? Like how does that go for you with, uh, kind of thinking of an album? Do you just have like the, the good grief album that we've been listening to, do you have kind of an idea of, you said it was inspired by some tragedies in your life is do you kind of write the songs for the album or do you write a bunch of songs and then you're like, Oh, these go together. It's more of the latter. Okay. Definitely. Uh, because the genesis of this was kind of trying to just get out of the, my, my head and, and mm-hmm. uh, dealing with what was going on. Um, it wasn't so much to write songs to deal with it as just to play. Yeah. It's, I mean, music is so like therapeutic, you, but, emotional and things like that. Oh yeah. But I, I can definitely see doing the other thing. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a poet as well. And, uh, um, yeah, it's the way I'll put a book together is very similar to the way I'll, I'll do an album. Usually it'll just be, uh, it'll end up being the material that came together during a certain period of time. Mm-hmm. Not so much, oh, I'm going to do an album or a book on this theme, although I have done that as well. Right. Both are valid and both work, but usually the process is more just uh, looking at what I've been doing and then dis- look, trying to come up with some kind of motif or idea about what those songs or poems might be saying to each other that mm-hmm. I hadn't intended. So uh, in this case, um, I see themes and 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 uh, ideas that link between the songs that I hadn't necessarily thought about before, and maybe overall too, just the feel of it seems a little uh, uh, elegiac to me. Mm-hmm. I like to throw that's the a, words that's around. a good word. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, um, but normally it's just kind of whatever comes out, mm-hmm. and then folk you is supposed to be an opportunity to kind of push myself and right. I. I have usually been pretty prolific, but it's since I've started to teach and mm-hmm. teach more, that definitely does impinge on it. Right, yeah. Sure. But uh, but that was supposed to be the incentive to kind of make me, you know, write something a month. Mm-hmm. Doesn't always work that way. No, that's cool, though. That's a good outlet, sounds like. Yeah. I try out new stuff, I'm sure, and everything. See what sticks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> sticks, not stinks, although I do, <laughs> well, I do also see what, see what stinks too, as well. Or smell what stinks, you know. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, Larry, it's been great having you. Um, where can people find more about you online? Uh, LarryOdean.com. Um, if I can say the good grief yep. comes out the 25th. Okay, uh, awesome. It, people will find oh, so it. Oh, we're, so we're doing a little premiere here, a little well, uh, heads up. You are. Yeah, uh, I appreciate it. Uh, the Injured Parties has a, a, a site. Folk U has a site. People can find this stuff pretty easily. So we'll Google is a wonderful thing. It certainly <laughs> is. So if you go with LarryOdean.com, that'll definitely be your, your portal to everything else. Great. Well, thanks again. We're going to go out with one more song um, from your brand new album, Good Grief. And you're listening to Radio 1 Chicago. We got the Hip Hop Project up next. So stay tuned. Thanks, Larry. Thank you for having me. the 
Can you smile at a face? Can you spend some more money?